This is the Gospel City Church podcast. Our hope is that this message is helpful, encouraging, and even life-changing as you grow to know the person and work of Jesus. Enjoy this message today. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, and it reads, And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, your precious word that you've given us today. We thank you for the life-changing power that is in it. We pray that during this time that you would open our ears and open our hearts to receive uh, your truth and the things that you want to reveal to us today, Lord. Um, Please uh, empower me with your spirit as I speak and uh, proclaim your word this afternoon. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Have you guys seen the show uh, Hoarders? It's a show uh, on television in the United States. And what it is is average uh, families in seemingly average-looking homes who get overwhelmed by the mass collection of all their possessions. And uh, the problem starts with, you know, just a collection of baseball cards that fill up their attic. They get newspapers that fill up their closet and start leaking into the hallway. There's boxes of clothes that they haven't worn in 10 years. And slowly, the house begins to just fill up and pile up with all this stuff. Um, and if, for those of you who haven't seen it, for, for those of you in Korea, it's kind of like the show Simbakan uh, Jongni, where you know, they, they have all this stuff in their house and they need it reorganized. So uh, except the American version, this hoarder's version, their, their houses are in like 100 times worse conditions than these Korean houses. But anyways, what they do is they get a prof- team of professional cleaners to come in and organize everything in their house. And they need this because eventually their house gets so overwhelmed with junk that they're unable to walk through the hallways. They can't see the floor. They can't see their couches because there's just boxes everywhere. Severe cases, they sleep outside in tents because they can't get to their bed. And uh, after these teams come in and clean everything up, uh, one of the responses from the contestants really just stuck with me. You know, she said, wow, I have so much space, I can open my refrigerator door now. Shocking, right? And then she goes on to say, now that I can pass through my hallways, I can finally get to the bathroom. But the most shocking statement she made was, 
I had no idea I had let things get so bad. It's like, really? Did you not notice that you weren't able to access your own fridge? Did you not notice that you couldn't make it to your own bathroom because of the mess? Where were you going to the bathroom in any case? And as ridiculous as that statement may sound, I believe this woman, when she confesses that she really couldn't see the condition of her house. I believe her because I've seen the same blindness at work in my own spiritual life. Because the reality is that this is true for most of us on a spiritual level, isn't it? You know, by God's grace, one day we had our eyes open to the normal day, everyday things that we thought were okay. We eventually saw it as sin, and we saw how toxic it was in our lives. And then we saw Jesus, the one that we've studied about, the one we've heard about, the one that we've listened to preach about. He became so real to us, and he became so beautiful in our lives. And that's what we're talking about, seeing Jesus clearly, seeing how beautiful he is. How do we do that? So what can we do for our spiritual blindness? And we're going to look at today's text, and we're going to see that we need to go to Jesus. Specifically, we need his divine touch. In our passage today, we have two stories, like I mentioned. One of them is the healing of the blind man, and the other one is Peter's confession. And these two stories are placed next to each other to teach us about spiritual blindness. And the first thing we need to realize about our spiritual blindness is that we need Jesus' divine touch. Look with me in verse 23. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up. This verb here, looked up, can be translated as seeing again. Jesus opened the eyes of this blind man but only partially, so Jesus goes on. Then Jesus laid hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus supernaturally cures this blind man with his divine power. The primary purpose of this miracle and all the miracles that come before this in the book of Mark is to show the true nature of Jesus Christ, to show that he is a son of God, and as such, he has a divine power. Mark starts off the book in chapter 1, verse 1, stating the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then he goes on for eight chapters, miracle after miracle after miracle, to prove that he is the Son of God. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Jesus casts out an unclean spirit. He walks on water. He calms the storm. He heals the deaf mute. And he does so much more. A commentary puts it like this. Mark dedicates more of his account to Jesus' miracles than any of other gospel writers. For Mark, these miracles were demonstration of Jesus' power, his power over disease, the forces of evil, and even over nature. And and Jesus' divine power opens up our eyes and heals us as well. And we'll see that in this parallel passage with Peter's confession. Now, Peter's confession is also found in the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to Matthew because it details the account a little bit more. Now, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. These These fishermen with humble beginnings They had their spiritual eyes open to be able to profess that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And it was not by their own strength, by their own wit, or their education, 
but it was by the Father through Jesus Christ opening their eyes. And we too need that power in our lives to have our eyes open. Jesus is the one who can truly heal. And this is evident throughout the book of Mark. But the thing is, we get complacent and we forget. I heard the story of a blind woman. She was blind for nearly 50 years of her life. She had lost her vision around maybe 15 years old. And uh, just imagine the difficulty and all the trials that she went through, you know, having to figure out how to move around, you know, how to get dressed, how to buy clothes, do grocery shopping. She had all these normal everyday tasks for her. She had to relearn them. And, you know, she got adjusted to it, and things were uncomfortable, but she found her way. She found her rhythm and pattern. But the one day after 50 years, she finds out there's a surgery that can cure her specific kind of blindness. So what does she do? There's hope in her again. She calls an insurance company, makes sure she's covered, that she can go through with the surgery, and she, calls, she looks for the best hospital to get this surgery done, research the doctors. She calls her family and friends, tells them the good news. She's excited. She goes and gets the surgery done. And after she recovers, the doctors take off the bandages, and she starts to weep because she can see the colors, the shapes, and forms of this world again. It's a great story, right? But this is not the shocking part of the story. The shocking part of the story is she could have recovered her sight 20 years before that surgery. She had gotten complacent. She didn't even know that this surgery was existed until 20 years afterwards. The doctor said she just figured that there was nothing that could be done about her condition. Much of her life could have been different if she had only known. And, uh, I mean, isn't this us sometimes? Like, we get complacent, we get stuck in, you know, the messiness of life, we get stuck in our sin, and we realize the divine power that Jesus Christ has to heal us. When we truly realize this, we don't turn to the things of this world to fix our blindness. We turn to him. We face so many challenges and difficulties in our life, am I right? We struggle with our relationships, with our family and friends. We struggle at work with bad management, or maybe we're just unhappy with our job. And there's real suffering and pain in our lives where we struggle and try to grasp why did this happen? Why would God allow it to happen? When all these things come down on us, it could be really, really hard to see Jesus clearly. It can be hard to remember who he is, what he's done for us, all the promises that he's given us. But when these things make your vision of Jesus go dim, do not give up. Do not forget who he is. Because yes, these things can make it hard for us to see him clearly, or these things can be used as opportunities to see him more clearly. When we recognize his divine power in our struggles, when we run to him, this gives us or gives God an opportunity to work in your heart. He meets you in your struggles, and he will be your peace, your comfort, your guide, your wisdom, and he will be your forgiveness. In life, it's more often the case we grow deeper in our relationship and understanding with God in our difficulties than our pleasures and comforts. Like the blind man who was the blind woman who was unnecessarily stuck in her condition for 20 years because she didn't realize that there was a surgery 
There's a lot of us here stuck today in our spiritual blindness because we forget the power of Jesus Christ to heal us. And this divine touch is not just a one-time event. We continually need his touch. We need the continuous touch of Jesus. Again, these two stories in this passage, we see them put together uh, for a purpose. And in both these stories, we see sight being restored gradually. We see sight being restored in process. Um, Jesus, if we look at the healing of the blind man, we see it takes him two attempts to heal the blind man. And it's not because he lacks power. It's not because he, you know, messed up and he made a mistake. But it's because he's trying to teach us that we need his continuous touch. This book is also found in the book of Mark in this particular place because it's teaching about spiritual sight. So this man's uh, physical sight will teach us about our spiritual sight, that we need his continuous touch. Touch. Let's look at verse 23. And Jesus laid his hands on him. He asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Completely blind, touched by Jesus, partially able to see, touched by Jesus again, and his eyes were wide open open. Now, when we look at this miracle, we can see it being used symbolically, or as we can use it, we can see it being used symbolically with the disciples as well. In verse 29, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter correctly states that Jesus is the Christ. He says, you are the Christ. Peter had it right. His eyes were open, right? He saw Jesus clearly. He got it. Jesus is the Messiah. But no, he was wrong. He only partially got it right. When we continue on in chapter 8, right after this confession by Peter, Jesus is going to explain to him, I'm going to need to suffer, I'm going to need to die on the cross, and I'm going to need to resurrect from the dead. But Peter's like, no, Jesus, I'm not having that. That is not going to happen. Not you, Lord. And Jesus goes on to rebuke him because he cannot clearly see Jesus' purpose. And that's why in verse 30, he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And in verse 26, he tells the blind man not to go into the village. He did not want a skewed perception of who he was to get out into the public because it might hinder his path to the cross. A danger to the Christian life is to assume that once we have our eyes open to Jesus Christ, is the, to, that we think that we have it all figured out. That once we see him, we know everything there is to know about him. The disciples thought they saw Jesus clearly, but they did not. This man had his eyes open, but he only saw partially until Jesus touched them again. Like the disciples, like this blind man, we need Jesus' continued touch. I mean, isn't this what we do in life? We assume that we know everything, right? We think we see the world clearly. We think we have life figured out. And then one day we realize that we don't have everything figured out. We don't see clearly. And we need to continually have our eyes reopened. I look back on my life and I realize how arrogant and, you know, kind of foolish I was. Uh, I remember getting out of high school and going to college. You know, you leave the house, you become independent, you're on your own, 
and, and you feel like you got, you know, you're learning this adult thing and you're growing. And by your senior year, you're like, yeah, I got this adult thing figured out, you know? But then what happens? You graduate, you go into the workforce, and you get a rude awakening. You realize you don't know everything there is to know about being an adult. You humbly realize you didn't sleep clearly, and so you need to have your eyes reopen. Same thing, right? It keeps happening again. We get in relationships. We date someone, we become a good girlfriend, we become a good boyfriend, and you got a solid relationship, and you think, yeah, we're ready to get married, you know? We can handle it, it's gonna be cake. But then you get married, and you realize you did not have a clear vision of what marriage was, and you humbly need to have your eyes reopened. And it doesn't end there, you go on to parenthood. Except I don't think anyone arrogantly goes into parenthood thinking that they got everything figured out but you raise a child for 10 years, and you think you got the hang of things, and all of a sudden puberty comes. And you humbly realize you don't have everything figured out, and you need to have your eyes reopened again. And this is the case for a lot of us in the Christian walk. We meet Jesus, we have our eyes open, our lives are changed, we lift up our hands in praise and adoration, we weep in tears of uh, confession and repentance, and we sense Jesus is real. But then one month later, what happens? Our hearts go a little bit cold and we get bogged down and we realize we don't have it all figured out. And let me tell you, all of us struggle with this. There aren't those who are more you know, spiritually strong or who have a stronger faith that don't deal with this. We all deal with this problem. It's a part of our sinful nature. And we need to humbly realize that we need Jesus' continuous touch to have our eyes opened. If Jesus asked you today, do you see anything, you would respond yes. If he asked you, who do you say that I am, you would say, you are Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of God. But then when we look at our lives, when we look at our actions and our words, they don't reflect someone who sees Jesus clearly. When we look at our doubts and fears, it doesn't reflect someone who trusts in his promises. By God's grace, our eyes have been opened to see him. But as long as we're in this body, here on this earth, there will be a struggle to see him clearly. Our sin will mar our view of Jesus the world and its pleasures will taint our view of Jesus. Satan and his schemes will try to blur our view of Jesus. But when we humbly realize that we need his continuous touch, his continuous divine touch, it will change our approach to life and faith. We will have a hunger for God. We won't think that we will have life all figured out, but instead we will humbly go to him asking for guidance. We won't think that reading scriptures will be a task to check off, a tedious task, but rather we will go to the scriptures wanting to meet with him and hear for him. We won't find prayer to be a chore, but a precious gift to be able to talk to our Lord and Savior and commune with him. We won't find it uh, being involved with the church community to be a burden, but we'll find it to be refreshing to our souls and a real place of growth. When we humbly realize that Jesus, we need Jesus' continuous touch, we will hunger for God, and he will open our eyes. 
And finally, we need Jesus' intimate touch. We need his intimate touch because Jesus heals our blindness in a personal, intimate way. Let's go back and read verses 22 to 23. And I want you to really see the intimacy of the language in this passage. And they came to Bethsaida, and some of the people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. Why does it say touch instead of heal? And he took the blind man by his hand and led him out of the village. And when he spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? So Jesus grabs his hand and personally leads him out of the village. Why does he leave him out of the village? To be away from the public spectacle, to be with him in this private, intimate moment. And Jesus then lays his hands on him and asks, do you see anything? And this question is unique. It's the only time where Jesus asked this type of question after healing. He didn't raise Lazarus from the dead and be like, hey, Lazarus, are you, are you alive? Or he, he, he didn't raise a paralyzed man and say, hey, are you walking? Are you okay now? But with this blind man, you can see the gentleness in his question. He's like, what do you see? Do you see anything? Jesus didn't have to take his hand and lead him out of the town. He could have healed him instantly right there on the spot in front of everybody. But he did it because he wanted to be with him in private. He didn't have to use his touch to heal this man. With one word from a completely different town, this blind man would have been healed. But he chose to get intimate and personal with this blind man. And Jesus didn't have to heal in stages. Jesus had the power to heal him all at once. But instead, he does it in part to grow closer to him. This is, how, this is often how God heals us as well, isn't it? He could just heal us instantly and restore our hearts and make it whole, but he chooses to touch us. He chooses to get intimate with us because he desires relationship with us. Jesus meets us where we are in our blindness, in our brokenness and sin, and he leads us with compassion, he leads us with love, and he leads us with care. I've had the uh, experience of assisting an actual blind person in my life. Uh, it's my younger brother, who two years ago, he was diagnosed with a very uh, serious skin disease, uh, and he was in the hospital for almost a year, fighting for his life, and uh, even to this day, after two years passed, he's still unable to see. But after he was released from the hospital, he came home, and then my family, uh, my wife, my parents, and I were nursing after him, taking care of him as he was recovering. And I would lead him around because he was unable to see. And the way I did it was, is I put his hand on my shoulder, and I had him follow me, shadow me. Now, when you lead a blind person around, it's not like, okay, here, grab a hold on, and you just start going your way. It took very, very special attention. I had to pay attention to the exact needs of his condition. I had to match his step, his pay, the pace of his step, whether you know, he was tired, he was going slow, or he was full of energy and he could go fast. 
I had to be acutely aware of my surroundings and his surroundings so that he wouldn't bump into things and stumble. I had a sense when he was stressed and overwhelmed, so when he needed a break, I needed to stop and give him a moment to breathe. You need, and I needed to look for the best possible route to lead him, you know, checking the ground if there's anything that he could trip over and stumble over and fall. I needed to take the time to explain things in detail to him so that he wouldn't be overwhelmed by everything that he's not able to see. It's harder than you imagine. And uh, it took an immense amount of compassion, love, and care to meet his needs. And this is exactly how Jesus meets us in our needs. He doesn't shame us in our blindness, in our brokenness, in our inability to see, in our, in our stumblings, in our falls, in all our darknesses, in our trials. He grabs us with love, compassion, and care, and he leads us. He does this because he loves us and he cares for us. He wants to intimately know you. Do you know what this means? Do you know then what this means for us? You know, how do we allow God to touch us? How do we allow him to work in our lives? We need to be vulnerable. We need to be vulnerable. We don't need to hide. We don't need to have a false facade. Or there doesn't need to be pride in our lives. But we need to come to him as we are. I don't know what causes Jesus to be blurry in your life. It could be an unrepented sin that you are struggling with. It could be a deep hurt or wound from the past that you just cannot let go. The question is, Will you let God heal you? Will you let him touch you? Will you become vulnerable? Will you go to him and humble yourself and ask for his forgiveness and his deliverance? Will you go to him with your scar and cry and explain how much it hurts and how much you cannot get over it? And will you allow him to touch your heart? Will you allow yourself to get vulnerable before God? loves you. He cares for you. Open your heart to him. Let him work in your life. He desires you and he meets you exactly where you're at. This is what's amazing about Christianity, isn't it? No other religion offers this personal, intimate touch. If you look at the statues here in Korea at the temples, you know, they're intricately designed. But what do you see? They're so stoic. They're so cold. There's nothing there. When you look at uh, religion like Islam, they're required to live a holy and righteous life in order to be accepted by God. But this is what makes Christianity so radically different. It's a religion of love and grace. God comes down to meet us exactly where we are at. He comes as a human. He comes down to our mess, and he walks alongside us, side by side. And not only does he heal us, but he loves us. He loves the sick and the broken. He invites the sick and the broken to dine with him at his table eventually goes to the cross for the broken and sheds his blood 
for our sins, not his, to once and for all destroy the divide between us and God. This is the beauty of Christianity. This is the beauty of God's love for your life. How do you know that Jesus wants to not only save you, but know you intimately and personally? He came down personally to meet you where you are at. So now he invites you through the Holy Spirit to come and open yourselves up to him. Let him open your eyes. Let him heal you and restore you today. Through the word, through prayer, through fellowship of the saints, as we open up our hearts to God. Oh, let's pray. If you've been blessed through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. Gospel City is a gospel-centered church in Seoul, South Korea, on a mission to plant Korean-speaking, healthy, gospel-centered churches. You can give by going to the website give.thegospelcity.org. Thank you for listening and subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Remember, Jesus changes everything.